0: Hello and welcome to The Camping Crew Podcasts with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 22 of the Camping Crew podcast with yours truly, I'm Aaron Burchill. And I'm Chris Byrne. We've got to remind you, this is meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views and subjects that you guys have suggested to us over the past couple of weeks. So we always
1: start off with follow-ups and shout-ups. So Chris, what have we got? We got a message from Bourne Moore on boards.ie recently. He says, I binged this on a drive back from Dublin to Galway earlier in the week. And I must say, I really enjoy it. Nearly up to the latest episode now. We have access to a camper, but mainly use a tent and the campsite reviews are definitely opening our eyes to a lot of campsites we wouldn't have tried before. He says, keep it up. So thanks for that, Bob Moore. Appreciate the feedback.
0: We're getting a lot of feedback, I noticed, over the past couple of podcasts from people tenting, which is great. I mean, we're, we're all about camping in Ireland, but I think initially you and I thought this would just be a motorhome podcast. But we're getting fantastic feedback from campers in general, and that's great. So thanks for that.
1: Yeah, it definitely is really good to, to, to widen that up a bit. Uh, I suppose the, the camping world does definitely uh, venture out past water homes and camper vans into tents. And, you know, you could even include kind of glamping if you wanted to as well, you know.
0: Yes, there's a, it has opened up quite a lot over the last few years. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, or indeed was it on last week's podcast that we were talking about? I know the subject came up before. We were talking about campsites opening up their facilities for wild campers but you have a note from Jamie from Strand Camping in Doonbeg.
1: Yeah, he got in touch uh, with me there um, during the week and on uh, one of the posts, actually, I think it was in the uh, Motorhome Crack Group, just, I suppose, giving his view on it as a, a campsite owner. He started off talking about Tal Kempel. You might remember um, your interview there with... Um, Dan um, and
0: Treegrove.
1: Yes, Dan and Treegrove said that talcum powder was really bad. So Jamie starts off, he says, talcum powder is evil. It's really difficult to clean up in a wet environment. Then he goes on and he says, I also have to disagree with your view about Fenor and their stance on not letting people who are not staying there pay to shower. He said, we don't allow this either. We restrict the use of the facilities to campers staying on the campsite. I don't know an OR setup, but our showers are not coin or token operated. So if you're allowed a walk uh, in to use the shower, they could be there for a few minutes or 30 minutes which means that our paying customers might have to wait when we first opened we allowed it only to find one person who just wanted a quick shower was in the shower for 45 minutes and did their hand washing of clothes at the same time and the shower was left in a terrible state now if i had tokens and charge for a set amount of time that might be different but i agree with Aaron. i hate paying the extras for shares. i'm not going to start giving out tokens um per person uh, e- each day on his site you know it's, it's good to get the view from uh, the campsite owner he goes on he mentions then he says i have also said on this website my site doesn't lend itself to offer a service only as a service point our service point is located adjacent to the entrance and exit we don't want it to get blocked uh, it might work for bigger sites with more space but not for us my job as a campsite owner is to look after my paying customers not serve as the needs of wild campers and I say that as a winter wild camper myself so I, I suppose you know in the interest of fairness I'm delighted Jamie wrote back to us to give us a view from a, a campsite owner perspective you know I think he makes some valid points um, looking after his own business you know
0: yes I was down in the Glen of Aherlow one of my favourite campsites with George and I just mentioned it in conversation about this subject that came up in a previous podcast and he said it's not something like you said that I would advertise but he said if somebody was stuck and their toilet was full he said of course I'd let them use the facilities to empty it but not the showering facilities. He doesn't mind them emptying the grey water and maybe emptying the toilet but he said I wouldn't. He said under no circumstances he says my showers are for my customers and like Jamie he doesn't charge for his showers so you can see the point there. Somebody He could just take advantage and run it for 40, 45 minutes, as Jamie said in that
1: post. Yeah, I think that further strengthens our argument, um, Aaron, for lots more council-operated um, service points and airs uh, across Ireland. You know, there's certainly a, a market here for people, you know, who just want to use the facilities or a quick stop or overnight, you know, low cost, 10 euros or such. I don't think most people won't mind paying that. You know, I think the people who like the wild camping tend to want to be more closer to the towns and the villages and the, the busier spots, I suppose.
0: But yet councils still don't seem to see the money-making facilities that that that's there by offering these facilities, and in fact, didn't we see a couple of weeks back call for campervan inclusivity in Tremor again? Even though Tremor have put in five or six spots, people are saying, and indeed, people in Tremor town are saying, we need more amenities for campervans.
1: Yeah, I think there'll be a a, a change, all right, but and it's not going to happen overnight. I reckon it'll take a uh, you know probably uh, at least five years for I suppose one council to take the lead and you know I think that's probably Cork what they've done in um what they've done in Kinsale and if Waterford County Council get it right in um in Dungarvan with their plans there it can certainly lead on to bigger better things and
0: yeah but let's watch this space and I'm sure in um, episodes to come it's a subject that we're definitely going to come back to but thanks again to Jamie from Strand Camping and Dunebeg for getting in touch with us and indeed if any of you want to get in touch with us with your personal views on anything that we discuss we'll give you the contact details at the end of the podcast as we do in each podcast
1: So uh, this brings us to our campsite review or stopover review Our newer Parsons Green recently I
0: have been driving past Parsons Green for the last 15 years because my friend Caroline actually like lives in Clawhean and Caroline used to mine Charlie for us. so anytime we were going away if we weren't going camping I've driven past the gates of Parsons Green I'm going to say 100,000 times and I've never gone in. So this weekend, myself and Charlie took ourselves down to Parsons Green in Clawhean in Tipperary. Now, the website is com, C-L-O-G-H-E-E-N dot com. The rates that they've, look, it's a family friendly site. One hundred percent. If you have children, you are going to love this site. A unit, two adults, two children. Peak season, 35 euro, three euro electricity. Uh, A unit and two adults peak season, 26 euro, 3 euro electricity. Myself and Charlie only paid 20 euro 50 cent for our pitch, which was a fine size, including our electric hookup. Now, there's a fast food takeaway at Chip Shop on site. We sampled the food. It's clean, it's tasty, and it is very, very quick service. The place was packed when we were there on Friday night. In fact, I know when I rang to book the spot, they really, really were squeezing me in, but they gave me a nice pitch. And in the area where I was, we arrived Friday lunchtime around 12 midday and there was seven hard stands left just in my cul-de-sac. And by tea time, they were full. So the campsite runs to full capacity and it's open all year round. They have an indoor and outdoor playground. And the indoor playground, Chris, is as good as any of these giraffe centres, you know, that you can go to that some towns and villages have. It's a very good indoor playground, and the outdoor playground swings, slides, and a short, low zip line. There's walks, you can feed the farm animals. There's a river that they do boat rides on, and there's a small shop. Now, it's mainly sweets and gifts. You wouldn't be going in there for your bread and stuff, but again, they do have the fast food takeaway. Activities in the area Mitchellstown Caves, about a 20 minute drive. The Rock of Cashel, a about a 30 minute drive. Care Castle, again, about a 30 minute drive. You're also about 30 or 40 minutes from Clonmel if you wanted to go to Clonmel. There's golf, there's fishing. And there's the beautiful V. The V is a beautiful drive. And if you continue across the V, about an hour's drive, you're in Dungarvan. And there's plenty to do in Dungarvan as well. They are licensed to sell wine. There is the usual crack. They've got lots of room for tents. They have static mobile units and they have 40 pitches. Again, the website is clawheen.com. It's Parsons Green. It is 100% if you have children. You are going to love Parsons Green in Clawhean in County Tipperary. That's our campsite review, and we definitely recommend. In fact, Chris, the night we were there, we were the only motorhome. It's mainly caravans with, with safari rooms and quite a lot of tents, and the pitches for the tents are quite big.
1: I'd say people probably go there, not just overnight, probably for a week or two, Aaron, and they just and hang out there.
0: It's not an overnighter at all. You're, you're going to either go for the Friday to Sunday, the bank holiday weekend. I spoke to one chap. He was just parked across from me from Cork, and they were there for four weeks. So, yeah, and it seems to be the type of place where... You'll come back next year and chances are you'll even be on the same pitch. A lot of the people knew a lot of the people. So it seems to be very, very uh, an awful lot of regulars there.
1: Yeah, you mentioned um, Kerr Castle and um, the Rocket Castle and that as yeah. well. So both places uh, I've been to a few times and um, absolutely worth a visit. They're fantastic. And you have the Swiss cottage there in care as well, which yeah. is which is really, really good. So lots and lots to do kind of based around there. Do they still have the overflow field uh, at the front there? And no, the overflow
0: field is now at the back and it has electric points. That seems to be now where they're... Do you know, I think they're gone so busy they don't have an overflow anymore. It's yeah, just yeah, part yeah. of the campsite. When, when we arrived, it was bucketing out of the heavens on the Friday afternoon. So we did a quick walk around for Charlie and me, our camping vlog video. And I started at what would have been the overflow. They have copious amounts of PowerPoints in there and taps in there. There were about eight fairly big size family tents and about 10 or 12 caravans in that area. And then all the other area are hard pitches. They've about 10 static units themselves, which they rent out. And as they say on their website, about 40 other pitches, but very well run. They have a pony and trap ride. They have little donkey rides and then you can feed the animals. And we're talking from chickens to geese to goats to I even think they've a llama on site and they've they've hens the whole lot. And I've got to, I was the only guy there with no children. But it's
1: so it's not the place Atlanta. you go to if you're a a couple looking for a quiet weekend away. If you're looking for a quiet weekend
0: away, <laughs> do not go to Parsons Green and Clawheen. But if you've got kids or grandkids and, they love it. and here's the beautiful thing about it: is everything is free. You pay, you know I'm not sure about the donkey rides and the horse and cart ride, but I do know that you can go and walk around that farm and absolutely everything is free. Uh, an extra adult 5 euro, an extra child 4.50 and electricity 3 euro. But I've got to say, I'm sorry I didn't go there before to do the review sooner, but I'm glad that I did do it this weekend.
1: Not good. There's not a day go by when I'm looking at the motorhome groups on Facebook that somebody doesn't mention Parsons Green and how much fun they're having there.
0: Yeah, yeah. And even with this weather that we've had for the last couple of weeks, people are saying that their tents are being blown down or, wow, we survived this one. There's a lot of hedging, so there's there's plenty of space that you could pitch your tent up against hedging and you're really going to be out of the, the breeze and I was just thinking of the front field where you were seeing the overflow that's actually the car park now Chris because they actually do daytime they do school tours and day trips so that's the general car park area oh, yes, for, the for buses the and itself. the day trips yeah so well worth a, a trip Parsons Green Tipperary and it's clawheen C-L-O-G-H-E-E-N dot com it's the website
1: we, we spoke about um Strand Camping in Dunbeg last week um, on the last episode we went went down around uh, a visit back to uh, one of our favourite campsites in Dingle, uh, just in Bally Dave, just outside Dingle, called Campal, Chock and Arigal. It's quite gallerous oratory there. Um, had a, another visit back. If anyone wants to hear about that, you can listen back to episode seven. We spoke about that uh, campsite. It's, it's a campsite we go to every year and uh, it, it was a, a really great site. The weather was mixed bag, but certainly a great place to, to tour around from and great for kids as well.
0: And Dingle, of course, this was the first year we did it. And it's Deirdre's new hotspot to go to. I think if there was a bank holiday weekend and we would nothing planned, I would not be surprised if she said, hey, let's head Dingle way. It used to be Killarney, but now she's really sold on Dingle and down around the peninsula. And it is. And when you get the weather in Ireland, you know it, Chris, there's no better place to be driving around when we've got the sunshine.
1: So here's a good tip about traveling around the Dingle Peninsula, the, the, the Ring of Ring. Um, always travel around clockwise. We were driving around um, during that week, um, not so long ago, and we were obviously going clockwise. And we met an oncoming motorhome on the edge by uh, Dune Queen there, who had come in the wrong direction. And they actually had a, a massive tailback behind them. And because we couldn't move, there were two motorhomes at the Rocks. We couldn't go any further and they couldn't yeah. go any further. We ended up having to back up a load of cars behind us and behind him. And we had to reverse way up to let this guy pass. So if you're going on on that ring, travel it clockwise. All the buses travel around usually in the morning times. So probably best to leave it till the afternoon as well. But the buses go clockwise. So you'll be behind them and they'll clear a path for you quickly enough, I'd say anyway.
0: And do not do the Connor Pass in a camper van. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even I, do it in the
1: car. <laughs> I did it
0: in the smart car, which is air cooled, and it overheated. I've never done the Connor Pass, heard of it, seen videos of it, seen photos of it. So I said, let's do the Connor Pass. We came back. I think it's the N eighty six, but uh, yeah, definitely. So it's do it clockwise, and is it do the Ring of Kerry anti clockwise?
1: Yes, the ring usually do anti-clockwise, and the Dingle in the Peninsula you do clockwise. That's it. Right.
0: So there's our there's one of our tips. It's not a camping hack; it's <laughs> a tip. Camping tip, yeah, yeah. If you're um, in a, in a, but Dingle is beautiful. As I was saying, when the weather is shining, and we were lucky for the week, we were down that end of the country. We had beautiful weather, and the sights were fantastic.
1: Oh, it is spectacular it's awesome the the views out across to the um the blaskets is just incredible there's a blasket center down there you can go and visit as well and you learn all about the history of the area and i'm sure some of our middle-aged or older listeners will remember pegsayers. that's uh that's all her down down that area there. yeah
0: is it the blasket islands that are across there as well is it that what you said the, blasket uh,
1: yep. islands? the blaskets are on that side if Uh, just before on the ventry side as you come around you can actually see skelly michael as well where they recorded some of the star wars scenes um as well over that side and further on over down towards um back towards dingle then they recorded some more star wars scenes there at the three sisters which is the cliff edge over Smerrick Harbour that goes down, and you'll actually see a, a life-size replica of Yoda and Darth Vader in Ballyferreter there outside the hotel, um, all made out of old recycled car tires. We spoke last episode about um Philip J's question, asking us about uh, for more information on van conversions.
0: That's right and I had said on episode 21 I would try and speak to Dave Hanley from Vandalust Conversions and I did. I only got hold of him today. The guy is very very busy. So I'll play at the interview and I started off by asking Dave of Vandalust how long had they been in business and whereabouts was the company based and here's what he had to say.
2: So we've been in business for 12 years or just over 12 years and we're based in Ennis Diamond in County Clare.
0: And are you be- have you been in business in Ireland for the 12 years?
2: Yeah so we well, I started the company from Shannon Airport as a rental operation in 2007. We then moved to Ennis in 2009, and we moved out here five years ago.
0: And are you still in the rental business?
2: Yeah. So we have a rental base. We've only got eight vans in Ireland now, but we have nearly well, 19 vans in the UK as well in Bournemouth.
0: Now we're talking to you about conversions because a lot of people on the Camping Crew podcast have been asking us if we could talk to professionals. And one or two of our listeners have had vans converted by you. So I'll start off by asking you, what type of make of vans do you convert?
2: So generally, we specialize in the larger vans, the Mercedes Sprinters, Citroen Relay, that kind of thing. But like we build about fifty vans a year, so we also do V transporters, Vitos, and the smaller vans as well. But
0: would you go a small? Have you done like the VW Classic vans?
2: No, we've never. Well, we've done a few refurbs and kind of mm-hmm. smaller bits and pieces of work or fixing pop tops, that kind of thing on the bay windows and splitties and that. But yeah, we haven't done nah. ones from scratch.
0: Is there an age limit on a van? If I if I have a 96 Mercedes Sprinter, is there an age limit to where you would say, no, it's too old?
2: It's really only too old for the... I mean, we're not we're not fussy. I mean, there's no point in putting I don't know, 15 or 20 grand into a van that's worth a grand or two. So, yes, I guess there, there is really. I mean, now this year, about 30 percent of our vans were brand new. The rest are probably about three or four years old. Generally,
0: do you get any repeat business to the extent that if I got a van done and then in five years I want it redone? Do people come back and do that?
2: Absolutely. So last year we did two customers. We did the the third van with us. Um, This year we um, allowed, well, it was actually one of our first conversions. um, And yet we traded that in for him and he's just done a brand new Mercedes Vito. So we helped him. So what we generally do for customers, we help them sell their old van and then we build a new one for them.
0: Now let's take the Mercedes Vito, or even the Sprinter do you have a set layout or can i come to you and say look dave i want a toilet here or a sink here or do you say well no this is the layout we do
2: no well we're completely the opposite so we're a complete bespoke builder so the way we work i draw everything up in SolidWorks, which is a 3d cad package my background is industrial product design it's it's very much bespoke obviously certain layouts lend themselves to certain vehicles so you mm-hmm standard v-dub california layout which is your cabinets down the side and your rock and roll bed that works well in a small van same goes for the bigger vans your fixed bed at the back so yeah there is certain layouts that work but yeah i mean we we do completely off the wall designs for people as well
0: right when we say off the wall i know you mean like what they want but have you done anything off the wall in a van
2: Eh, uh, well, we have done some fairly odd ones, so we did a, a little um, Citroen dispatch for uh, for two girls that, um, they show mini ponies, so we made a little, uh, yeah, a little mini, mini uh, horse box for them in a van, we did a, I don't know if you're familiar with the American Mack trucks, the big yes. trucks, so yeah, we built living quarters into the back of one of them, Uh wow. So, yeah, we did some 4x4 um, four four Land Cruisers for the Civil Defence last year. They were drone vehicles. So, yeah, we do we do, do some oddball stuff, yeah.
0: How long does a conversion take, for example, if I drop my Mercedes Sprinter into on Monday? What kind of time frame am I looking at?
2: Start to finish three weeks, but I always say four just to leave a bit of contingency so people aren't kind of expecting to get it and the, yeah, you know yourself, it's better to yeah. be safe and sorry.
0: And how many vans would you be working on? How big is your crew?
2: So there's six of us. Um, we work out of a six and a half thousand square foot uh, unit up here in Ennis and, and so, yeah, we've got kind of three teams working on you know, three vans concurrently, really.
0: Now, on the safety aspect, is there a limit or are there restrictions regarding seats and seat belts?
2: Mm, yes. So the only seats we fit are crash tested uh, Scopima rib seats. In terms of swivel seats, again, we only fit crash-tested, MAPO or CTA, or, again, Scopima swivels. Um, in terms of limit in, in seats in the back, the most we've ever fitted is five seats. Well, sorry, three travel seats in the back. Mm-hmm. But I guess you could you could fit four, four travel seats in the back, yeah.
0: And they'd all have to have be to a safety standard and have seatbelts?
2: Absolutely, yeah.
0: Even if they're not front-facing? Because somebody had told me that if you're side-facing, you'd, you'd, you'd get away without having a seatbelt, or is that bull?
2: That's nonsense, yeah. So you can obviously have any seats you like in a camper, but if they have seat belts, they have to be forward or rear-facing. Okay?
0: They have to be to a certain standard.
2: Absolutely, yeah. So they have to be certified. So, yeah, they have to go through the correct procedure. So all, all of the Scopima seats are... Crash tested, so they bring them to a facility in Belgium where they're uh, you know, smashed into a wall to see how they fit. Mm-hmm. So, does that
0: mean that you'll take out my Mercedes Sprinter front and passenger seat and replace them with these seats that come complete with the swivel system?
2: No. So, what we do, we retain the original seat and the seat base and then the swivel plate fits between those two
0: right a couple of more questions because i know you're a busy guy how do we go about so i hand you my sprinter van which is a van who does the reclassifying from van to camper van via the, the the paperwork do you do it or do i have to do it
2: well we help so what we do is we get an engineer from the motor caravan club of ireland he comes down to our premises he does the engineer's report he takes all the photographs we then give you an A4 envelope with our invoice in it, pictures of the inside and the outside of the van. You put in the engineer's report, the um, log book, you send all of that government's off to Ross Lear and then they send you a, a bill kindly.
0: Right. And finally, then, can you supply the vans or do I have to come with the van?
2: Uh, The customer comes with the van, yeah.
0: Listen, I don't want to take up a lot of time. And they are all the questions that we've got in on the Camping Crew podcast. Have you anything that people should know about when picking a van or if they are thinking about doing a conversion? I suppose the main thing is make sure that the van is worth a few bob before you spend another 10 grand on it.
2: Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, what I always say to people, you're obviously buying... Well, if you're not buying a new van, you're buying a second-hand van, so the most important thing isn't really age, it's... um it's the service history and who's had it and what it was used for. So if it has been used for lugging heavy stuff around, then it's probably had a hard life as opposed to something that's been carrying around light things or I don't know. So yeah, that's one consideration. The second thing is obviously dunno, look for a van that's suitable for your needs. So I always ask people what they want to end up with how many people it's for. So that's, that's the reason that the cat or the relay is so popular is the fact that once it's insulated, ply lined and captured, it's six, foot too wide inside so it gives more Mm. scope for different layouts it's important to know what you want And then also, that's why we rent them. So we say, well, go and rent a few different types and see what you like and see if you actually like the whole thing.
0: Now, on the rental end, do you just do camper vans or do you rent motorhomes?
2: We used to rent motorhomes. So when I set up the company, I bought 13 brand new motorhomes, but they don't really lend themselves very well to Irish roads and people flying in from abroad. They're just, if you try and drive around the borough and then you used to driving on wider roads, it's it's hard basically. So we only uh, rent out our own, converted vans now.
0: Dave, give me the contact details for your company.
2: Yep, certainly. So it's either on email, it's info at The website is vanderlust.com Office phone is 065 So they're the three ways to contact us we're on Facebook we're on Instagram all of that jazz as well so Dave
0: listen I know you're a busy man and it took us a while to to nail you down for the few minutes thank you very much for answering the questions and if we get any more shall we give you a buzz and the best of luck with Vanderlust in the future Thanks very much. So, I didn't realize, Chris, that not only were they van conversions, but they actually rent out their own converted vans as well. And that's that's how the business started. It was a very good interview. And thanks to Dave. Now, Dave did say to me, if any of you, they also do repair work. And if anybody wants to get some repair work done, he gave the contact details there. If you mention that you um, know us here at the Camping Crew podcast, he'll give you a discount for work done on your vans.
1: Yeah, and his work is very good. As I mentioned uh, last time, he has um, converted a few vans for people I know now and the work is really, really good. So again, thanks to Dave Hanley from Vandalus
0: Conversions in County Clare. And again, if there's anybody you would like us to talk to or any subject that you'd like us to cover, we'll give you all of our contact details in just a couple of minutes.
1: Um, the final section Aaron, is our Camp Life section. Um, we have a few light-hearted topics to talk about. Um, I was just reading all the, the, the mentions on Facebook over the last few weeks about the rain that we, we've had. It certainly hasn't been encouraging tent camping, but you know, people have not been put off. They've still been getting out there camping and making the most of it. You know, uh, something about camping in the rain that I absolutely love. There's nothing better than on a a, a lazy day, sitting inside, lashing raining outside and just listening to a movie or reading a book or just chilling out. Uh, I love it.
0: Now, you've done camping in the rain both in the motorhome and, of course, you've done it recently, <laughs> only last year. Was it raining last
1: year when you had the tent out? It was, yeah. I think any time we put up our tent it rains, but, you know, we have a, a decent Vango tent, so it's well able for...
0: I love the sound of the rain pouring down on the camper roof, especially at night when we're in bed, and I have been guilty as charged at waking Deirdre just to say, Do you hear that? Do you hear what? The rain. <laughs> I was asleep, sweetheart. Oh, right. Okay. I love just sitting in the camper van in the rain. I'd probably take out the tablet and play some kind of stupid ball game on it or something. Or lately, since your daughter put Netflix onto my tablet, I've downloaded (laughs) a few movies. But I have to be honest. Now, I'm speaking from a motorhome owner. I love going camping. Hail, rain, sleet or snow but I would say it's a different kettle of fish in a tent
1: yeah or look even in a motorhome when you've got lots of kids that are uh, wound up and ready for action as well you know that could be could be quite challenging I would say yeah what's that like Chris (laughs) (laughs) the one thing I would say is you know have plenty of board games Plenty of activities that you could do inside. And um, we have the awning as well. So if we know it's going to rain for a few years, we'll certainly get that awning up. So we'll, we all have a bit of space and somewhere to go to get, to get away from everybody if you need to. But um, one thing I would say about putting up a tent or even an awning in the rain is, you know, take your time and put it up properly. You know, yes. if you put your tent up properly, the outside should get wet and it should prevent the rain from getting inside. You know, make sure you waterproof your tent and treat it before you go. It might be a little bit late when you get there and you might wake up to a few puddles in the end of your tent the next morning, which you absolutely don't want.
0: And you mentioned as well with strong wind, spend time on doing the guide ropes.
1: It might be a, a chore to hammer in all those extra ropes. But if you know there's wind or, or a lot of rain or forecast, you know, put them in. At the very least, they'll prevent any additional damage to a tent, you know. Also on Camp Life, uh,
0: on the lighter side of things, you were asking, what suites do people munch on when travelling to and from their facilities? What about you guys?
1: My favourite is the, um, the the chocolate eclairs, some of those kind of chocolate eclairs, chewy. I love toffees. So anything toffee, uh, but the chocolate eclairs would be a, a personal favourite of mine, those Cadbury eclairs ones. And um, my wife loves the, um, you know, the milk teat. Oh, yes, but no, they have to be the
0: real milk teeth, not these letting on the the ones that come in the white powder, because there's (laughs) a a cheaper version out of them as well that you can get, but they've got to be the one, you know, when people have sweet trolleys at weddings, they would have the real milk teeth. Yeah, you have to have the, the flowery ones. I'm on for the Haribo Coca-Cola bottles, and in fairness, I love your girls because sometimes they always have a pack when we go camping, and they come out to me that. And I like dib dabs, but you can't have them while driving. So I <laughs> say, the Coca-Cola bottles and Worthers, those sucky sweets, the toffee sweets, you know, the glass sweets. I I think they do a few variations, but I just like the basic original Worthers, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the old can of orange. If if I can get hold, we've only got one drinks holder in the front of the van, and sometimes that's taken up by a coffee.
1: The, that's it, yeah, yeah. But uh, the old sweets are an old favourite. Nervan, anyway, just to 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 make those long journeys go a bit quicker.
0: I would wonder, and let's put it out there, people. We'll give you the contact details now in a couple of seconds. What? sweets do you munch on when traveling no let's open it to what do you munch on i will be very surprised if we're going to get apples oranges and bananas <laughs> as answers to what people munch on when they're traveling to and from the campsite so let's throw it out there and in fact um let's give the contact details so you can get in touch with us either about any of the topics we've covered over the past 21 podcasts or indeed what we've covered on this podcast chris what are the contact details?
1: So um, you can get us on email. You can email us at campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com or you can um, give us a, a tweet. Our, our Twitter handle is at thecampingcrew. So you can message us privately there or in public um, if you have any suggestions or any ideas or any campsites. Uh, products, news items, anything you'd like us to discuss on the, the show.
0: And of course, we have our YouTube channel, myself and Charlie. You just search for Charlie and Me, our camping vlog, where we review campsite stopovers and products. And thank you to everybody who has subscribed so far to that. And my website is campsitereview.com. And again, it's picking up nicely. A lot of people reading from the forum and one or two adding to the forum. So campsitereview.com. And on YouTube, it's Charlie and Me. Me, our camping vlog Charlie and me our camping vlog have new stickers which we should have in the next day or two and we will discuss here on the podcast and of course on the videos to how you can get hold of a sticker for your camper van and of course what arrived in the post today Chris our camping
1: crew podcast stickers
0: yes I have one here in front of me and again we'll you know touch base with us say hi to us if you bump into us on any of the campsites and we'll figure out a way of getting some of these Uh, we will be handing them out as we meet you uh, when we're on site or just out travelling about but we will figure out a way how we can get them out Uh, the Camping Crew podcast stickers arrived today and I got a call to say that the Charlie and Me stickers were put in the post while they were given to a courier today so we should have them tomorrow and we're looking forward to seeing them stuck on camper vans as we make our way around the country over the next year when we start travelling next
1: year Yeah so look forward to that um we're having a big camping crew meet up this weekend as well so we'll have uh, some tall tales i think to tell next week look i think to end the show uh, i just want to ask people to um to drive safely out there just seen a lot of reports which different accidents happening over the last while so look take it easy guys slow down and uh You know, happy camping and if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and tell all your camping friends about us. And if you're going to listen or suggest to your friends to listen, maybe you might ask them to listen to some of the newer podcasts first and work their way back. But it doesn't really matter as long as people join in and listen and are enjoying them.
0: So on behalf of myself, Aaron, and behalf of Chris, we say to you again, stay safe out there and happy camping until the next time. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. Well, that's it for another podcast from The Camping Crew. Thanks for listening and do join us again very soon. Safe camping.